0: This is a sermon for Exaude, the Sunday after Ascension. The Old Testament reading is from Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 22 through 28. The Epistle is from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. And the Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the 15th chapter, verses 26 through the 16th chapter, verse 4. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the 15th and 16th chapter. But when the Helper comes, And they will do these things, because they have not known the Father, nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen, risen indeed. indeed. Hallelujah. This Sunday comes every year, and as much as we would like to be prepared for how hard it hits us, it seems like with each passing year, it hits us harder and harder. This year, it hit me as the church faces the hostility of unbelievers, claiming that churches holding services are hypocrites and unholy people. We aren't making this up. It was just in the news this past week that a Mississippi church, after fighting the orders to gather, was vandalized and burned down. And the message spray-painted near the blazing church was this, Bet you stay home now, you hypocrites. The world will think that it is offering a divine service to God when they persecute you, when they kick you out of their synagogues, when they kill you. Do you believe it now? Just as Jesus had suffered the scorn of the people, so will his church on earth. And it's sad. These are the same people that are in our prayers every week. The prayers of the people of God who love their enemies and are told to pray for those who persecute them, just as Jesus showed us by example. But we must be aware that these things will happen to us even though we pray for our Lord to convert their hearts. Jesus says, don't be taken aback or frightened by this, because he has spoken these words to you so that you would not be scandalized and so fall from the faith. And guess what? The world is going to be hostile to the gospel until it is made new in the return of Christ. The world loves its own, And it hates the truth, and it hates the spirit of truth, whom Jesus has sent to us from the Father, even sent within you. The spirit of truth dwells within us, so we are surely the targets of the world's scorn. You are going to have resistance to meeting in the name of Christ, and you will surely have it all the way up until Christ comes back. In that same way that the disciples saw him go into glory, it will be the same when he returns, with a loud shout and with the sound of the trumpet. Until that day comes, we wait. Sadly, our waiting must take place in the hostile land where rarely do we find a moment of rest. It would be nice if we were waiting in bliss in eternity, but it has not been given for us, at least those listening to this message, to be called to that place just yet. So Christ prepares us for just how bad it can get. He is for us the prime example, the example of how hard the world will hate us, how much it will despise the word of truth. The Jewish leaders thought by their actions they could excommunicate Christ from the fellowship of believers as they handed him over to be crucified. What is excommunication from the church? It's the last resort, not for specific sins, but for manifest impenitence, as it is written in our right. It is what the church does to those who refuse to change the way they are living and repent of their actions. In order to show just how serious these Jewish leaders were, in order to show the seriousness of Christ's impenitence, though he was not the one sinning, as a last resort in effort to bring him back to their own interpretation of the law and the words of the Lord. They, at the time, announced that Jesus would be excommunicated for blasphemy, words against God and from the Holy Church, that he should be treated as an unbeliever, following this their judgments in their own courts. right that he said he was King of the Jews. They would not have their name, their religion of Judaism, tarnished by the name of Christ. All while this is happening, he spoke not a word. Like a lamb led to slaughter, he stayed the course. They were not willing to show him a bit of mercy. There was no mercy for him from the Jews since he refused to repent of being the Son of God. They decided to throw him out of their synagogues forever. They never wanted to see Him teach. They never wanted to hear His words in their holy places. And to ensure this, since He made Himself equal to God, they handed Him over to be crucified. What greater scorn in all the world is this? Could the apostles have faced such martyrdom in their own witnessing without being scandalized, without these words from Jesus in our Gospel lesson? Jesus said to them, I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. And the word there is the word for scandalize. He did not wish them to be scandalized, even though it would look like God was forsaking them. He surely was not. He had promised never to abandon them or leave them as orphans. But he promised to send to them the Holy Spirit. He spoke to them about what was to come so that they would go forth in the Spirit ready for even the worst of the age to come. He was ready, readying those disciples to be labeled an unbeliever and even killed at the hands of those who believe themselves religious and doing the divine service to God. So it is that on Sunday, this Sunday, called exalted, named after those words of Psalm 27 from David, We ask God to hear us. David cried to the Lord, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? This Sunday is a Sunday we cry continually to the Lord, Hear us, O Lord. Grant to us what you have promised, the Holy Spirit. God answered David's prayers. Since it is that we now rejoice with Simeon following the Holy Supper, saying, My eyes have seen thy salvation, a light unto the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. The light and the salvation of God has appeared to us in Christ. He has won the victory He has ascended into the heavens in triumph. He is our strength when we must face a world who will hate us. Yet I can't help but think about how just the littlest of afflictions from the world have caused us such sorrow, even in the past couple months. It's certainly a reason why we could not make it without the Holy Spirit. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit because we need help in our weaknesses even as just these small afflictions have caused us such grief. The Holy Spirit needs to make us to know the Lord as our light and our salvation, so that we do not fear what the world can do to us with its spite and hate. We need the power of the Spirit to transform our foolish pride to humility, so that we boast in the strength of the Lord and rely not upon our own strength, but upon the one who raises even the dead to life. Since the world despises the truth, it will breathe out all sorts of violence against those who speak these words, these words of necessity and essential for having this, what you have before you this day, the word of God preached. And for what many of the church have already done, come back to receive the blessed sacrament. The world, though, is not our judge. It does not know the Father, because it does not know the Son. It also cannot begin to know the truth. The truth that the Scriptures say is sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing between the soul and the spirit, between joint and marrow. What was spray-painted near that church that burned in Mississippi, calling them hypocrites for meeting, is wrong. Christians will seek after the face of God and treasure His abiding presence in the Word and sacraments, for that is what He calls us to do. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Those are Jesus' words. It is true that we are all hypocrites, but not for meeting around the things that sustain the faith and bring us salvation by forgiveness. We are hypocrites because out of one side of our mouth We say that we cannot live without the word and the sacrament when we have been confirmed in the faith. But out of the other side of our mouths, when troubles arise, we say, I'll be just fine without it. But you're not fine. People who are waiting for the government's approval need again to hear the words of the only righteous man who lived without sin. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Though the president has deemed the churches are essential and should open this weekend, we did not need the government to declare that church's gathering is essential. The Father wrote this into creation. Jesus testified to it by laying down his life and spilling his blood out. The Spirit confirmed it in the apostolic teachings. Sure, it's nice to not have to go to jail or be threatened with a fine for gathering around the word and the sacraments. But I praise God for gathering us, not the government for giving its partial agreement and the world for scoffing in our faces. Let's recognize and confront our true hypocrisy and repent of it. It doesn't make us less of a Christian. In fact, recognizing our sin in true humility is what the Lord asks, that in faith we know we have erred. And when my heart accuses me since it knows God's law, I also have the Spirit who brings to me the word of the Gospel, that Jesus has promised you, this mighty Spirit who will enter in quickly with comfort. The Holy Spirit's not some ordinary comforter like our friend, but He is a greater comforter, since He comforts us when we are being judged. When we feel the weight of our sin and the guilt of our transgressions, the Spirit enters in to proclaim that the judgment over sins was taken by Christ who was crucified so that we might be confident in the Father's love for us, that we have not been forsaken by God, but are His children and live under His kingdom in grace. The Holy Spirit is the comforter in the midst of tribulations. Suppose we were numbered among those jailed for meetings, Or suppose it was our church, congregation, our building, that was burned down. Or even that some of our members would have gotten sick with COVID and died. When the world asked us, was it all worth it? I pray you would answer boldly with me, you better believe it, and that we would do it all over again. When we are walking in the guidance of the Spirit through this world's rage and fury, I would like to be found in no other place than where God feeds me, so that I can be comforted with the pure gift of salvation and the unfading crown of glory stored up for me in heaven. Of course, the world hates this. sounds unreasonable, sounds risky and foolish, but it's not when it comes from the Lord. Take heart when others flee at the first sign of persecution, for the Holy Spirit remains with you so that you will not be led to despair. God is your strength. He remains and intercedes for you in the midst of troubles. And it was David who knew this very well. This is why he prays following his confession of sin for the Lord to not take the Spirit from him. And Jesus has said that he will send the Spirit, promising him to comfort us and console us in this world. We need the Spirit to bring us through the raging storms of our hearts and minds, and to also protect us against the rage and fury of the world. And the Holy Spirit does this, His very finest work, when through the Word He puts before you the comforting promises of God, who gives His grace, forgiveness of sins, and the most gracious gift of eternal life. When you hear all the things that the world is going to say about you, when you see how they believe they are offering to God a divine service by killing you, driving you from churches and mocking your faith. You are going to need the Holy Spirit. Jesus says so, and we have seen truth to this. You are going to need the testimony of the Spirit proclaimed in your ears. Jesus said to the apostles, I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. Do not think that your lives are too precious that you could not be asked to give them in service to the Lord and in service to the word of truth. You will be my witnesses, he says, martyrs. That is the word there for witness, martyria. Does that mean that we will only witness in life? Surely does not. It also means that as Christians, we witness in and through our death. Yet as you contemplate all that is spoken today, Remember these words, that God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne, and he has said, I will not leave you orphans. I am going away and coming back to you, and your heart will rejoice. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.